If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 170 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on January 29th, 2023. How the hell is everybody doing? It's the last episode of January, and... Also, while I was firing this thing up, hooray for me for being able to do some basic math, but I just realized that episode 170, we're 30 episodes away from 200, guys, of Yapping Yankees. That flew the hell by. Wow. We should probably be there by towards the end of the season, maybe? I mean, I take some weeks off here and there throughout on the major holidays, like, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter things like that, but otherwise, I'm coming at you every single week during the regular season, every single week in the playoffs especially, and most weeks in the offseason. So we should probably hit that, let's see, if it's about to be February in a couple of days, which that is insane, let's see, have about four episodes a month, give or take, so if you do the math... Yeah, that should probably be, yeah, maybe in like the summer, end of the summer. We'll see, but it's crazy. Almost there at 200 episodes, which was the goal I set out to do this. And back like almost four years ago, I was like, you know, it'd be really sick if I could do at least like 200, 300 Yapping Yankees episodes. 200 was really like the minimum. I really wanted to hammer out at least 200. So... Not being too far from there is pretty damn cool. But you know what else we're not too far away from? And I know we're basically starting this episode off with a montage of countdowns, which I know my buddy Spencer, who I know is probably listening, probably isn't too big a fan of. But hey, listen, once we get this close, even I have to start. I don't like counting down for things that are still 200 days away, 150 days away. But once you're within a month, you got my intention, and it's time to start counting down. But we are actually just 18 days, my friends, from pitchers and catchers reporting, 22 days for position players reporting, and the first Yankees spring training game is in 27 days. I think that deserves a round of applause, right? There you go. (laughs) That definitely deserves a round of applause. And it's funny, the number being 27, the amount of titles the Yankees have. So, it's funny that it happens to land on this day, but there are only 27 days until the first spring training game. Even if it's an exhibition game, even if it doesn't freaking count towards anything, we're going to be seeing baseball in 2023 for the first time in just 27 days. And that is definitely worth looking forward to. I can't freaking wait. The countdown continues on by next week which I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing an episode next weekend. I'm going to keep this bi-weekly thing going until spring training officially kicks in. But if anything major happens, you know, 
I'll be back at you next Sunday. If not, I'll be back at you with the following Sunday. And from then on, I'm basically going to go back to a weekly basis because the offseason will more or less be over. So we'll see what happens with that. Or else I might take it until spring training games start. We'll see what happens. I don't want to plan too far ahead. I'm not a big fan of planning too far ahead in life because you never know what's going to happen day by day. But in any event, if something big happens, I'll be back at you next week. If not, then in two weeks, we're going to be even freaking closer with all these dates. Pitchers and catchers by that point, if the next time I talk to you isn't for another two weeks, we'll only be four days away from reporting. Four days! It's crazy. And the first spring training game will only be 13 days away. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Every single year, no matter what the outlook is on the Yankee team, I just more than anything cannot wait to see baseball back on my television, people. That's the only thing I really care about. Of course, I care about the Yankees and how they do. And I have my doubts about this team, as some of you know. But I also have my positive viewpoints of the team as well. There's a mix. Both can exist at the same time, you know. I know it's hard for some people to comprehend, but both can exist at the same time. But regardless of my outlook on the team heading into whatever season it is, including this one, just the thought of having baseball back on my television, at first, that is the only thing that matters to me. And every time I remind myself that it's that close, I'm just so damn amped about it. Can't wait to have it back. So the offseason just drags by throughout the cold and dark winter. Yeah, I'm getting very dramatic about it because that's what goes on in my head during the winter. It's slow. It's dark. It's dreary. It's cold. That's what goes on up here, people. And in the summer, you got baseball. You got the heat. You're nice and loose. Can't wait to get out and start your day. Most of us. <laughs> but I just can't believe it. Can't believe it's this close already. This offseason is actually probably the quickest one in memory for me. I don't know, because I think I just had my attention very much elsewhere for a lot of it. I watched a bit of hockey. I didn't keep up with football as much as I usually do, so I'm a bit disappointed in that, although I am very much keeping track of the playoffs right now, of course. I'm very upset about my Giants. It was a very tough way to end things against Philly, but... I've mainly been keeping myself occupied with my TV shows, got some movies, and in the last year and a half, as I've told a lot of you who've been curious about it, I've very much gotten into anime, and right now I'm in the middle of binge-watching Naruto, and that's going fantastically well, because I love the damn show. I'm smack in the middle of Shippuden right now, for any of you who happen to like Naruto out there. I know a lot of people like anime, some people see it as this kiddish, pointless thing, it's not... It really speaks to you if you give it a chance. And I did give it a chance about a year and a half ago, starting off with Attack on Titan. And now about nine animes later, I'm binging one of the longest animes ever in Naruto, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I think these TV shows and these movies that I love so much, they've brought my attention elsewhere and have kept my mind off the fact that it is the offseason, baseball's not around. So I'm going to give that same advice to all of you guys. For all of you out there who have a tough time getting through the offseason and you feel like you don't have any other way to distract yourself and you're literally counting the seconds and the minutes and the hours of every single day of the offseason and it's dragging beyond belief, my advice to you is to try to find another distraction. Try to do it almost every single day of the offseason because otherwise you'll lose your mind. 
like I have for so many years as a baseball fan in the offseason, just craving for baseball to return. Now, this offseason, as I've found more distractions for myself, it's probably been one of the quickest ones in my mind. It's actually gone by decently fast, which is a big help because I hate off-seasons that drag. They depress me more than the winter already does, which isn't necessary because the winter takes a lot of that. It takes more than enough of it in itself. So I definitely don't need anything adding on. But all of that is really close by, guys. And these last two weeks, I do hope you guys have had a good past two weeks. I can't believe it's the end of January already. But because January tends to be a slow month, it's kind of living up to that right now in the offseason, particularly in Yankees news. Not too much happened. In the last two weeks overall, let alone just the last week. I mean, we'll run through some stuff in the news, uh, but otherwise not really too much happened. Just a couple of things I would like to hit on. There's a statement from Cashman. A couple of things happened with former Yankees, and fortunately now one of them. I can now call them a former Yankee, which it is my absolute delight to be able to do so. You'll see exactly who I'm talking about in just a second when I get to it. There's news on Glaber Torres and the Yankees arbitration thing that was going on the last time I spoke to you two weeks ago. We were talking about there being a difference in a mere $500,000, which to the regular person like yourself or myself, I mean, you look at that and you go, that's a lot of money. Good Lord. Holy crap. <laughs> exactly, Frank Barone. Thank you. You took the word right out of my mouth. One of my favorite two-word expressions. But only five hundred grand, which to the Yankees and... Many baseball players out there, I don't want to say all of them, because a lot of them are still under team control and not making nearly as much, not a fraction as much as the bigger stars who have earned their contracts and all that good stuff, but especially to those superstars earning their big contracts and the organizations themselves and the owners, the billionaires, $500,000, you give that out like, like a regular person gives out a penny. It's nothing. So everybody was just saying, oh my God, why don't they just settle somewhere in the middle? One side's at 9.7, the other side's at 10.2. Uh, well, they did come to an agreement just today, actually. So it's actually pretty good I'm coming at you today. This news just came out. So Glaber and the Yankees did actually reach an agreement to avoid arbitration. Get to that in a second. And I guess you could group this last thing in with when I said before that there's been a statement from Cashman regarding the social media segments, an open-ended question for you today that we'll get to in just a bit after the news, but it basically has to do with left field. Again, I know we've hit on left field for like a chunk of the offseason. You guys are probably sick of listening to it, but it's really the real main aspect of the team that could have afforded to see some improvement in it, with the exception of maybe third base or the entire left side of the infield, meaning shortstop and third base, if you don't want to hit on those. But if you put those aside, left field is really the main position at hand when talking about improvements, and that's why it's been so talked about. I know a lot of people are tired of it. They're saying, oh, you know, they could add another reliever in the bullpen too. Yeah, it's true. Um, even though it's not really as essential as left field, if you ask me, I think most, for the most part in the bullpen, especially with some of the arms they have coming back from injury, I think they're pretty rocking out there for the most part. But the two main positions that concern me, and I think it's safe to say I've made it more than clear for months now, are third base and left field. At shortstop, I have the confidence that they're going to use Peraza more often than not. I really hope they do. That's really the only 
proper decision to make now that he's ready to go. You have these kids coming up that you put so much stock in over these last few years. And IKF's placeholder role has mainly been filled, if you still want to call it that placeholder role from last year, even though they bought him back on a $6 million contract. Pretty expensive for a utility guy, as we know. But if you want to do what's right by the team, it's giving Peraza a full-time shot. At least until Volpe's ready, and then you decide what to do with him based on what's going on with DJ's health, where the Yankees are at with Glaber if they don't make a move on him eventually, because this team could look very different after the trade deadline too. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You just don't know right now. It's too early. But we could talk about the possibility of these things as much as we possibly can. But the two main positions at hand are left field, of course, and third base. And Cashman has spoken about that at different times the last few weeks. And based on what he's spoken about, that's basically what the social media is about. Do you really believe what Cashman says when it comes to his beliefs on who's going to be in left field, who's going to be the third baseman officially? Or do you think the Yankees might go in a completely different direction? Because the Yankees have had a tendency to do that. Even though I have expressed nerves myself for the fact that it seems like the closer and closer we're getting that... It seems like Brian Cashman's statements are looking more and more true as time goes along and the closer we get to spring training and the regular season, that Josh Donaldson might be the third baseman, at least to start. And in left field, you might actually see Aaron Hicks get some legitimate looks at certain times. Both of those things are nightmare scenarios for me. And if they even are to become a reality, I hope it's for as brief of a time as humanly possible. Unless, of course, in the most unlikely of scenarios, they both actually happen to impress me, which I am just not holding my breath for, by any means. But he has said statements that Hicks is going to get looks in left field. He's going to be largely considered. And Donaldson is going to at least start the season at third base because they think he's got something left with his bat. The Yankees have said these things before, and that's why I can't put too much stock in what they're saying here. You have to acknowledge this side, too, even if you are a little bit nervous about these things becoming a reality like me. You also have to remember that as recently as a couple of weeks before the regular season at times, they have had a tendency to say, yeah, this one's going to be here, and this one's going to be there, and that's the deal. And then right before the season starts, they make a move that you don't expect, and that doesn't even become a reality. So you could call the Yankees straight-up liars for that in the past, or them not wanting to reveal their hand, or whatever you want to call it. Could be a little bit of both. Who knows? Or maybe something else entirely different. Maybe just not knowing what they want to do, yet they're just saying it right now, because those are the guys on the roster right now. So... You can be nervous about it a little bit like me because you just can't stand the player that much. And you could also acknowledge, hey, I'm not going to go absolutely ballistic over it because the Yankees have not been entirely truthful about their intentions in the past. Or maybe they were and then they just happen to have a last-minute change of mind. Regardless, the Yankees have had a tendency to say, this is the way things are going to go, and then it doesn't go that way. So that's why I don't let myself get absolutely mental about the thought of Hicks and Donaldson staying in their positions, and getting more chances than they deserve. So, but nonetheless, that's what the social media question is. As we get closer, more or less, are you believing Cashman with these statements that these players, who many would argue don't deserve any more chances, are going to get legitimate chances at their positions in 2023? Or do you think that they might end up just going in a completely different direction despite what they've said to the public? like they've done in the past at times. 
They did it when they were talking about Voight being the first baseman a year or two ago. They did it with Gio Urshela. They didn't really give any intention before that Gio trade that they were going to be trading Gio away. So, like I've said, they've done this before. So, are you willing to be like, oh, it's entirely possible the Yankees are going to go in that direction again and just go against their word? Or, the closer it gets, are you getting more and more nervous? That's more or less what it's about. And like I said, it kind of links into the most recent statement that Cashman had about Hicks that I'm going to be talking to you about in a moment. But why don't we dive right into the news and hammer out those first couple of things that happened in these past couple of weeks. Again, not a lot, like I said. Been a mostly quiet last two weeks in Yankee land, and mostly throughout baseball, too, to be honest. A lot of people, I think, are just doing the same thing that I'm doing, counting down and getting ready for spring training. <laughs> so, All right, so first up in Yankees news happened, it might have been like a week, week and a half ago, but I figured I'd mention him because... He did have an important role in this team for a number of years, and, you know, I figured it'd be important to mention, but former Yankee Adam Warren bounced around a bit, as we know, but spent a lot of time as a Yankee and was a vital role in that bullpen for them for a while. Multi-inning guy, he announced his retirement. So Adam Warren is retired. He definitely did have his good times as a Yankee. He had his rougher times as a Yankee. He had his injury troubles. But in the end, at the age of 35, right now, he is calling it quits and retiring from baseball. At the end of this year, he'll have turned 36. I believe his birthday's in August, but he's uh, calling it quits now. And of course, looking back on his career, the first team he was with was the Yankees, but he bounced around to a few others. He was with the Padres for a year, which is where he was most recently, actually, in 2019. That was the last time he pitched. He was with the Cubs for a little while, and he was also with the Mariners for half of 2018. He was with the Yankees for half of 2018 and then with the Mariners. So, a decent career by Adam Warren, really, when you look back at it. He only had one appearance when he first debuted in 2012 at just the age of 24. But then in 2013, appearing in 34 games, he had a 339 ERA, not that bad. In 69 games in 2014, just a 297 ERA, definitely not bad. In 43 games in 15, he had a 329 ERA. And then in 2016, he split time between the Cubs and the Yankees. Had a bit of a rougher year at that point, mainly with the Cubs though, because with the Yankees, in 29 games, he put up a 326 ERA. But with 29 games with the Cubs, put up a 591 ERA combining for a 468, so he just meant to be a Yankee. Didn't really have it with the Cubs. And so then he came back here in 16 and spent 2017 here as well in 46 games, pitching to just a 235 ERA, so that's really solid. And then in 2018, he split time with the Yankees and the Mariners, combined 314 ERA in 47 games. And then 2019 was really one of the only rough seasons for him, really rough years in 25 games, putting up a 534 ERA. Got six saves in his career, and all of them actually were with the Yankees, so that's pretty cool. So, really not a bad career at all. Career three and a half ERA, mainly just really boosted up by 2016 being at 468 and 2019 most recently being at 534. But other than that, guys, many of the years in his career, the vast majority of them were either good or really good, just a solid relief pitcher. 
mainly a long relief guy, but because of his ability to be long relief whenever he was needed, he also did make some starts. He had 21 career starts. So, all in all, a pretty decent career to be proud of, if I'm Adam Warren, in my opinion. So, he calls it quits at 35. I wish nothing but the best for him in retirement, so he is done for his career in Major League Baseball. Now, as I also said before, there were two former Yankees I wanted to comment on, and because Adam Warren's a former Yankee, obviously that was one. But I said there was a second former Yankee that I was delighted to now be able to call a former Yankee. And that news also surfaced in these last two weeks, that Aroldis Chapman is finally gone. Yeah, we definitely need an applause for that one. (laughs) That is definitely worthy. Oh, gosh, I could not be happier about this. Listen, I even said it on my social medias when it was announced that he signed with the Royals. Usually I do a thing whenever a player... I I just did it just now with Adam Warren. Whenever a player is traded somewhere, signed somewhere, or retires, or whatever it is, whatever capacity they're leaving the Yankees, 99% of the time, unless they are just a colossal ass that is well known to just be a bad person, whatever for whatever the reason may be, 99% of the time, I say best of luck in your future endeavors with your future team, or if it's retirement, best of luck in your retirement, I hope you and your family enjoy your time together, whatever the reason may be, whatever it is, whatever the scenario, but I said it on social media that when this was announced for a role as Chapman, I said, I'd say good luck, but I don't really want to. And I still don't want to. I don't see a reason to. When you're talking about a guy who was just a giant douche in a role as Chapman, I don't really care to wish him the best of luck with the Royals. Between how he just quit on his team a number of times throughout his time as a Yankee. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like all of his times as a Yankee were bad. He had his good times. But, I mean, in the most recent years, and especially in the biggest of games, on the biggest of stages, you cannot deny that <laughs> a Roldis Chapman has left a horrible taste, a nauseating taste at that, in the mouths of the vast majority of the Yankee fan base. And I really don't think that just about anybody is that crushed to see him go. I don't think anybody is. I look all across social media, both in general and on all the posts that announced that he signed with the Royals, I don't see anybody broken up about this news. Not a single freaking person. Maybe some people mention, yeah, not all of his times are bad. He had his good times, particularly in a lot of points during the regular season in the first half of some seasons. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. But on the biggest of stages, and especially most recently when he just visibly quit on the team, which is why you just didn't see him again towards the end of the year into the playoffs, you just didn't see him again. Because he was pissed off that he lost his closer role, even though there's plenty of reason that he lost that closer role. He quit on his team. With all of that combined, if you just put it all together, you can more than understand why basically no Yankee fan gives a single crap that this guy is gone. I, for one, don't. It is huge 
that he is no longer in this bullpen to just completely mess up a vital game or to create drama or controversy or to just be a potentially cancerous presence in the clubhouse. You don't need it. And that's not even mentioning all the other difficulties that he had in his personal life involving his wife. And I'm not even going to go into all that. We spent so many episodes in the past talking about the in-depth details of that case with him, the domestic abuse case, and I'm not going to go into that again. I just really don't want to. It's a depressing topic that I don't want to have to talk about unless it's it's just a must because it upsets me a lot. I, I hate when it happens. And, and also, I just already spent so much time on a Roldis Chapman's case in particularly. But there's just a mixture of so much crap when Aroldis Chapman pops into your mind. You have to admit that the negatives are probably vastly outweighing the positives. And there's so few positives. Whenever you come to think about Aroldis Chapman in general and his time with the Yankees, it's just the, the best thing that he'll be remembered for, at least in my mind, the most positive thing from a positive standpoint that Aroldis Chapman could be remembered for, in my opinion, and people were quick to mention this on social media too, and it's like they read my mind, was the fact that he basically got us Glaber Torres for free. Because if you remember, in 2016, around that time period, the Yankees had a devastating three-headed monster in the back end of their bullpen, consisting of Dellen Patances, Andrew Miller, and Aroldis Chapman in 2016 in particularly. But they ended up giving away Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs, who would obviously go on to win the World Championship that year for the first time in 108 years, I think it was, to break the infamous Billy Goat curse. So that happened, and he was a part of that. But the Yankees got rid of Aroldis Chapman, gave him to the Cubs, and Aroldis Chapman even gave up that humongous home run in Game 7 of the World Series, too, if you need even more evidence of him messing up on the big stage, even with other teams. But anyway, put that aside, that's a story for another day. When the Yankees gave him to the Cubs, they were able to get Glaber Torres back, who at the time was the number one prospect in baseball. Didn't necessarily 100% turn out that way, as we know, when he ended up coming to the major leagues. Glaber's definitely had his positives and his great moments. But also, his handful, I think it's safe to say handful, of negative moments. Moments that he's probably not proud of. And that Yankee fans certainly don't want to have to remember. But anyway, regardless, Glaber Torres has been a big part of the Yankees, like it or not, for a few years now. So, that was the trade, in case you forgot, that got Glaber Torres to go into the Yankee system and come up as a Yankee. And then shortly thereafter that, Cashman just ended up getting Chapman right back anyway. So, after the fact, it ended up being, since the Yankees just ended up getting Chapman back anyway, who they used in the trade to get Glaber Torres, that they ended up getting Glaber for virtually nothing. They got him for free, ultimately. So, I think that that will probably be, you know, no, I'll say definitely the most positive memory of Aroldis Chapman in his time as a Yankee. The fact that the Yankees were able to use him to get Glaber Torres for free. So, good riddance, Aroldis Chapman. I think it's safe to say that nobody's going to miss you. I'm certainly not. 
because I'm tired of you quitting on the team. I'm tired of you blowing humongous games that are beyond important. I'm tired of it. I have long since run out of patience for it. And I'm very happy that I no longer really have to think about the crappy person that you've been in the past either. And as a Yankee fan, and I think it's safe to say I speak for the vast majority of the fan base when I see this, I could not be more relieved that we are all now relieved of you. So, Aroldis Chapman to the Royals. We might see him a couple of times in the couple of series that the Yankees play against the Royals and the rest of the AL Central, of course. But otherwise, (laughs) good riddance. See you later, buddy. And basically the last thing in Yankees news before we get to Cashman's comments regarding left field and Hickson particularly, I should say. Just again, quickly to mention that the Yankees have agreed on an arbitration-avoiding deal with Glaber Torres, a one-year $9.95 million contract. And it's about what I suggested the two sides to do anyway. One side was at 9.7, the other side was at 10.2. I'm like, we'll settle at 10. <laughs> it's like right in the middle. So, and they settled even more towards the middle, I think, so 9.95. Why they couldn't just pay the 10, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Why the Yankees couldn't just throw in another five grand? I don't know. <laughs> and I don't really care, just so long as the deal got done. Because no matter what side of the aisle you're on concerning Glaber Torres, if you appreciate him for him having a mostly good 2022 season, which is vastly true, then you're happy about this agreement. But you're also happy about this agreement because if the Yankees end up using Glaber Torres as a potential trading chip, which has been brought up as a possibility in the past, whether it be with that potential Pablo Lopez trade with the Marlins that quote-unquote fell apart or maybe not, who knows really what happened unless you're in on the inside, but or whether it be for him or somebody else that you'd like to include him in because his value's up right now since most of his 2022 season was good, then you know what? Regardless of what side you stand on, (laughs) right now, if you like him, well, good, he's back. For how long, I don't know, but he's back. Could end up being dealt at the trade deadline, who knows. But he's back right now, as of this moment, on Sunday, January 29th. And also, he's back in case you want to still involve him in a trade. So, I don't really see why anybody should be legitimately pissed off about this. I've made my stance on Glaber clear throughout the offseason that I wouldn't be upset if he was back, but I also wouldn't be upset if he were traded depending on the trade. Big key words, depending on the trade. (laughs) Big difference. If it was for someone in an area of dire need for the Yankees, then fine. You know what? I'll learn to live with it. The Yankees have an infield logjam anyway and plenty of options to go with, especially with Peraza being here and Volpe on the way and whatnot. They could figure it out. And if it helps to improve a vital part of the team, then I may be in support of it. But I also would not be upset if he were to stay. Because, again, an honest evaluation of Glaber Torres' 2022 is that we basically saw in the first half a person who could have very well have been a comeback player of the year candidate. He was that good in the first half. 
easily could have been a comeback player of the year candidate if he kept that up consistently throughout the whole year. And then his September into the playoffs was still pretty solid. Playoffs, he didn't really do much. But especially in September after his horrific August slump, he really started to bounce back a bit more. And he did have that horrific slump in the middle part of the year from like late July-ish all throughout most of August, if not all of August. Just a horrible, abysmal slump. And we hit on it when it was happening, and it was driving me insane. So there's a balance of good and bad. You have the constant mental mistakes that he often tends to make on the field still being made here and there, although I'd say at a lesser rate, especially because he wasn't at shortstop. He was back at second base. So the mistakes were lesser. His defense at second base, especially in the first half of the season, just significantly improved as expected and hoped for. And the first half of the season was phenomenal. Horrific slump there in the middle. Ended off pretty well in the end. Ultimately, matching up to being a pretty solid 2022. Not godly, but not bad at all. So, and if you look at the offensive performances throughout the lineup, he was one of the better offensive players in 2022. So that's why I wasn't all for you. Like, oh, dump Glaber Torres, I'm completely done with him. He proved some other things to me in 2022. He wasn't brutal. He wasn't. There were times where he made his old mental mistakes and he went into horrible slumps, particularly in the middle there, yeah. But ultimately, when you look at the big picture and look at the season in its entirety, he was not bad. So I wouldn't mind if he stuck around for at least another year or so, or maybe at least until the 20-23 deadline, depending on the kind of trade that might or might not present itself, who knows. But I wouldn't be crushed if he left either, especially if it was for another vital area of need. So I was kind of in the middle. It was weird. I'm very rarely like that with a player. I'm usually on one side or the other. I try to be like that, but it was pretty pretty down the middle for Glaber. I could have agreed with either side. You could pull me in either direction. It was weird. And I'm still kind of like that. But in my opinion, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, anti-Glaber, pro-Glaber, you should be happy about this deal. Because at least now he's still around in case he happens to increase his value even more so in the first half to maybe even be able to increase his value even more for a potential trade deadline trade halfway through this season. So you could have that with him still being around. Or if he just happens to have a good season in general and you hold on to him, he happens to be a big part of the team, then that's another positive. Having a solid Glaber Torres around. And I know if you keep him for a bit longer, this is the main argument people would give me. Oh, if he's horrible again in the first half of this year, then it could decrease his value and you couldn't use him in a in a potential trade like you could right now. Yeah, that's tough to argue with too. But I think he earned another shot regardless, whether it be to ultimately be involved in a trade down the road or to stay here. Because 2022, whether you like it or not, and Glaber drives me nuts too, guys. You know that with his mental mistakes. I mention them. I acknowledge them. They drive me nuts. But if you look at the entirety of his 2022 season, the truth is, the fact of the matter is, it was not a bad one. It was not bad. Even if you think it could have been better, it wasn't bad. August was bad. (laughs) August was brutal. But so was the entire team. There were times throughout 2022 
where the pitching was phenomenal, the hitting was bad, and the pitching was bad and the hitting was good, or both stunk. Basically, in that time period where the Yankees were losing an ungodly amount of games, from like July-ish into all, all over most of August, I, nothing was going right for the team then. Nothing was going right for the team. So Glaber Torres was just really riding the wave. <laughs> but he also played a part in somewhat waking them up and snapping them back into reality. By the time the end of the season came around, that last month, the home stretch there, he was a part of that. And he was also a vital part of their godly gameplay in the first half. Where everybody thought the team was going to win 120 games. Remember that? Those were fun times. So if you look at it just in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't bad. At all. And that's why it's tough. Because Glaber has his negatives and he has his positives. And to me they're nearly even. But last year was a pretty solid season. Whether you like it or not, or no matter how much Glaber drives you nuts with this mental crap. Doesn't matter. You have to admit the truth. So, I think it's a good thing that they reached an agreement because I think that he could have himself a very good first half and whether you want him to stay here or not, well, if he's great, then he's going to be here and you could enjoy it that way. And also, if he's great and you want to trade him, well, then his trade value will go up that much more. Now, if he comes back here, well, not if he comes back here, he is back here. And if he has a crappy first half and his value decreases and it messes everything up, then crucify me. I I don't know what you want me to tell you. (laughs) I'll admit that I'm wrong. I always do. I have no problem with it. But I think this is a good thing. And I think no matter what side of the aisle you're on, I think you should just get on board and hope that Glaber does as well as he possibly could so that either he can live up to your dream of him being effectively used in a solid trade package or just taking over as the second baseman that everybody who loves him, knows that he can be. So, I think there's something to get behind. Regardless of the side of the aisle you're on, though, one year, $9.95 million for Glaber and the Yankees. They settle before arbitration, which is good because also nobody likes to see a player and, a, and an organization go to arbitration. It can often turn into a very ugly process. So, thankfully, they were able to avoid that when they only had a difference of about 500 grand, which typically in the baseball world obviously is not viewed as a very big difference. It would have sucked if that dragged them all the way to arbitration. It would have been a crappy situation. All right. Last piece of business here before moving on to the social media segment and considering how similar the two segments are and the fact that my social media segment is basically based on this. It's going to act as a perfect segue. But Cashman basically made more comments on... Aaron Hicks likely being the candidate to take up left field at least to start 2023. Going on to say that he has ability and the talent to do what the Yankees think he can. (laughs) Listen, here are my thoughts on this. And I know I said before, it's not worth getting crazy over. Because even though I am admittedly getting a little more nervous the closer we get to spring training and the regular season and that Aaron Hicks and Donaldson are still here, and they haven't made any moves in either of their respective positions to improve, and it's starting to look like Cashman's words about them at least starting the season here in their position, it's starting to look like it's coming true, but also the other side of me is allowing me to stay grounded and not get crazy because I do acknowledge the part where, as I said before, the Yankees have said that they're going to do things a certain way, and then when the time actually comes... 
It doesn't go that way. So I'm acknowledging both sides because that's truly how I feel. But I'm just going to say this. And I've said this about Aaron Boone and some of his statements too that he makes in post games and things like that. I understand that you're not going to hear Cashman, you're not going to hear Boone say anything bad really about anybody on the roster. They don't throw players under the bus and they want to talk up their decisions and try to convince people that it's the right thing even if it's obviously not. (laughs) Regardless of whether or not those decisions actually come to fruition when game playing does come around. But I'm going to say the same thing here that I have with Boone and basically anybody else in the organization that meets the media regarding a player who just stinks. I'm just going to say that he doesn't have to say this statement and take it that far. He doesn't have to say that Hicks is likely the guy and that he has ability and talent to where he can officially be the left field guy and carry the Yankees to great lengths. You don't have to insult people's basic intelligence (laughs) by putting out this ridiculous notion that Aaron Hicks has any sort of desirable ability left in him. Because he doesn't. And if he goes out there and proves me wrong after I light him up like this, then please, by all means, line up and just burn me at the stake, I guess. Fine, I'll accept it. But I'm pretty damn confident in saying these things right now. I got no problem with Aaron Hicks the person. I don't even know him. Just commenting on the player like I always do. I only comment on the person in instances like World is Chapman and things like that. But when it comes to guys like Hicks, you know, I'm commenting on the player. But he doesn't have to take it that far and insult people's intelligence. He can just be vague about it and just say, oh, we'll see what happens in spring training or something. Because if you do want to stick with internal people, players already on the roster with the Yankees, another option being Oswaldo Cabrera, I voiced my opinion on that as well. I prefer him to be at any sort of position, whether it be utility or whatnot, within the infield, which is primarily where he specializes. Did he do a solid job in the outfield for someone who really had never played it prior to the professional level? Yeah, he did a pretty solid job. Started to taper off there at the end. Because he's not an outfielder. So I just go back to the old thing of what I always used to say, that I'd rather an outfielder be in left field. But I mean, if you force me to make a choice between him or Hicks, I'm, I'm going with Oswaldo. Anybody but Hicks. But if you're going to go with somebody in the organization, you don't have to take it this far with this kind of a statement. You could say, oh, we'll see what happens. We have Oswaldo, we have Aaron Hicks. We'll see what happens in spring training. We'll see how people perform. You just don't have to lie to people. Like, outrageously and obviously lie to people. Because all that does is make you, if you're Cashman, and the entire organization look even more blind and foolish than, I hate to tell you, a lot of people already think you to be. (laughs) just the fact of the matter and especially with someone like me who has personally had their fill of Brian Cashman has he done his good things and have I acknowledged them yes on both counts 
And is it always possible to predict the future and what's going to happen? No. But there are certain things that this organization does that a lot of people could have gotten into a line and told you right away from the beginning, this ain't going to work out. And it deserves to be called out. So again, I don't want to hear the, he has to say this. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He can just be vague about it. Just speak in as a generalization. And say, we'll see what happens with all of our internal options that can make a play for it. There's also Floreal. That's another name that's been thrown around. Especially him with all the chances that he's been given. And yeah, he's primarily been in center field, but he could earn possibly the job if he does well. And if there's ever a time, it's now. Because also, he doesn't have any options left. He has no minor league options left. So they can't send him back to the minor leagues anymore without wavering him. But regardless, you could even voice him as a potential option. So you could just speak generally when it comes to just going with people that you already have. Just be like, we'll see what happens with all of our internal options that could possibly make a play for it. We'll see how they perform in spring training because I'm sure they'll get a bunch of chances there. And in doing that, he and the Yankees aren't trapping themselves in some hopeless horse crap mentality or belief He's not revealing his hand to anyone on the outside as to his intentions. And to the happiness of many, he wouldn't sound like a moron. It's bad enough that I actually have to mentally brace myself for the impact of having to see Donaldson down at third for even a second longer. And now I got to brace for even more impact for the remote possibility of Aaron Hicks even having a slight chance at left field. Guys, it's enough to put me into an asylum, just having to fathom watching him again just effortlessly trotting over to balls hit to the outfield, contributing less than nothing offensively, and having nothing to say about it. Even alluding to the fact that he doesn't even want to be here anymore at times. Not to mention his injury troubles. I mean, what has he earned here? What? I'm not completely flying off the handle because anything can happen in spring training or maybe maybe they do have another move in store still. They could still do something because as I've said so many times, the Yankees don't always own up to what they say is going to happen. Sometimes they go in a completely different direction despite what they say is going to happen come spring training or come the season. But still, I you still have to somewhat mentally brace for impact of having to watch guys like this go out onto that field again and have more chances that they have not earned at all. Now, there is a possibility that we'll see Aaron Hicks in left field again in games that count. You have to somewhat prepare for it. You can't just be totally blind to the possibility. You're not helping yourself at all by doing that. Because again, it is possible that it could happen. Because if you talk to them, and you listen to the past press conferences, this is the same organization that'll try to sell you on the thought that IKF was a top shortstop defender in the sport last year. All while eventually having to sit him in the playoffs despite those claims. They're just never going to get anywhere. Simply never going to get anywhere again until the days come that they stop lying to themselves and everybody around them.
It's the harsh truth. I'm sorry if you don't want to hear it, but the evidence is right there for the taking. This is the same team. Lies to themselves about IKF's defense. They say that they think Donaldson has something left with his bat. With what evidence? How he did in 2021? That's now two years ago, and he's not getting any younger. What evidence? You want to hit on his defense? All right, fine. He even had his hiccups there. I guess he was fine defensively, though. What does that have to do with the bat? What evidence are you using to support the claim that he has more to give with his bat, let alone his insufferable personality? While he embarrassingly comes up short offensively, yet still somehow manages to have a big mouth. And what evidence are you using that tells you that Aaron Hicks has the talent and the skill to take over the left field job and help the Yankees on their way to a title? What evidence is there? It's like they just talk because they like to hear themselves speak. And that has to be called out because these statements are crap. I don't put full stock in them and I don't let them, you know, get me so crazy that I got veins popping out of my neck anymore. Especially because we don't know what's going to happen for sure once the regular season comes around and we actually have games that count. But you have to mention the scenarios and the clear problems there would be in said scenarios should they come true. So this statement, like so many that come out of the Yankee organization, just it just it just annoys me. It doesn't make me livid beyond belief where all I see is red, but it's it just annoys me. Why do you gotta insult people's intelligence? Talking about, yeah, this guy's got skill, or he's the best at this position in baseball, or he's got something left with this with what evidence? Yeah, none of us can predict the future, and even I could be wrong about this. I could definitely be wrong about it, and I'll own up to it. But this is a general manager and an organization that also does not do that. They seldom admit when they were wrong. They really never do. And they try to sell you a bunch of crap. And I have friends of mine now convincing themselves that Aaron Hicks is going to be some sort of comeback player because Cashman said so, because they can't mentally come to terms with the fact that this guy could possibly, not definitely, but possibly actually see some looks in left field. They can't mentally comprehend that. So they actually have to now convince themselves that Cashman's statement holds some water. And I'm sorry, at least as of now, heading into February of 2023, it holds nothing. The pot's empty. There's nothing in it. So, I just wish they would be more vague about these things. And not just insult people's intelligence saying, oh, this is this person's the best at that. He's likely going to do this and he's going to play a part in this and that. You can't say that. Especially when for so long now, Certain guys that you speak of, especially in the case of Aaron Hicks, have just done less than nothing to prove that that potential reality could even take place remotely. Just be vague. We'll see what happens in spring. We'll see who presents themselves as a left fielder when all is said and done. Could be Hicks. Could be Waldo. Could be Florial. Just be vague. That's all. It just annoys me. It just annoys me, that's all. 
And then they're vague when a question requires a specific answer. It's just, it's annoying. It's annoying, that's all it is. So, I guess, again, this is a good segue into our social media segment, which is where we'll finish off for today. I'll just read some replies. Um, regarding the left field situation and statements like this from Cashman and the fact that we're getting closer and closer to spring training and the regular season and nothing has really happened, particularly with left field. They haven't acquired anybody. There are still names being thrown around, like Max Kepler. Want nothing to do with him. Jerickson Profar now has become a more popular name. Even though it's not abysmal, I did also explain the reasons why I really wouldn't rather him be an option. So, I know he's a doubles guy. He walked a lot, but in a lot of similar ways, especially with the bat, he's, um, he's very much like Aaron Hicks, like I described. And so is Max Kepler. A lot of them mirror Aaron Hicks, and I guarantee a lot of you that if they mirror a lot of their seasons they've had throughout their career, I promise you guys, you'll get tired of them real quick. <laughs> I promise you. I don't care that Profar is a switch hitter. So is Hicks. Can't just say someone's a good candidate because they're a switch hitter. What do they actually do on the field? That's the question. Oh, you can play the infield too. Yankees already have an infield logjam. It's fine. It's whatever. I don't really care if you can play the infield too. So there are other names being thrown around, names that I don't really want much to do with now that a lot of other candidates have either come off the board or, in the case of Brian Reynolds, just it's unreasonable because the organization that they're at is asking for a king's ransom, as they have the right to do, but they are. So the question still remains, though, the closer we do get to spring training and the regular season, because especially spring training is getting close, are you still convinced that the Yankees will make a move whether it be Kepler, Profar, somebody else. I've heard people talk about David Peralta too. Regardless of who it is, do you think that they will still acquire a left fielder or will they stick with someone here like Cashman? And the whole organization at large seems to be constantly alluding to week by week by week by week. And I personally don't really know, to be honest. I think that there's a legitimate chance that they could actually just give someone here a chance. I think they could just let him duke it out in spring training, see how Hicks, see how Waldo, see how Floreal, anybody else potentially does. But I also would not at all be surprised if they actually do still make a move despite their statements that, you know, Hicks is uh, a legitimate candidate. Could be Waldo, could be Floreal or anybody else. Anything could happen really in the Yankees on more than one case and in more than one scenario have gone in a different direction when push comes to shove than what they originally said they were going to do. So I guess my answer is um, I don't think they're going to get someone personally. I truly don't. That's just my opinion. I could end up being dead wrong about that, whether it's someone I like or don't like. I don't think that they're going to get anybody. But if they do, I would not at all be surprised. I wouldn't. Because again, they've said, oh yeah, this is what we're going to do. And they go off in a different direction. So I wouldn't at all be surprised. But just for the sake of picking one side definitively, I'll say that I do not think they're, they're going to acquire someone. I think that what they have now for left field in particularly is what they're going to ride with, at least for the first half. Because again, a team could change in the second half, 
with moves that they make at the deadline. And depending on how certain players do in the first half of the season, potentially increasing or decreasing their trade value could end up playing a part in certain trades taking place or not taking place come the deadline. So a lot of things are up in the air here, but at least to start the season, I think that what the Yankees have out there right now, as much as I don't like it, I don't have the biggest problem with Waldo being the left fielder, but I'd again, I'd prefer an outfielder being left field. I don't have the biggest problem with that. I certainly don't want Aaron Hicks out there. And if Florial is to finally put it together with this, what would appear to be a last chance, I would say, for him, you know, I, I guess they're just going to ride with those potential three candidates when it comes to what they're doing within the organization. In prior weeks, I've forgotten to mention Florial, but he could possibly be another one. Yeah. I legit just remember that this week. Holy crap, Florial still exists. <laughs> I guess it just got to me because he's, whenever he's been up here, he's been in center field. So when my mind's on left field, he didn't immediately come to me. But it also makes it a bigger deal now that he's also out of minor league options. That's another factor too. If they want to even send him back down, they're going to have to put him on waivers. So what do you think they will do? I personally think that they're going to stick with what they got at least to start the season. Could be wrong. They could get a Profar, a Peralta, a Kepler, who the hell knows. So, what are your thoughts on it? Let's read some, let's read like 10 maybe, because we're already almost an hour in here. I did not anticipate on going this long, but as usual, I cannot shut the hell up. First off, let's start with at baseball Czar saying, I think that they will not make a move. I see Waldo playing most of the time in left field. Spring training will determine who the fifth outfielder will be. Yeah, I guess so. I think spring training should determine everything pertaining to left field and the rest of the utility guys regarding the outfield, yeah. And, yeah, some guys happen to also do great in spring training, and then when the regular season comes around, they stink. Or maybe the other way around. Maybe they stink in spring training and then are really good come the regular season when it actually counts. I mean, I'd rather the latter (laughs) if I had to choose, because obviously it means more to do well in games that count. I know it also has value to certain guys to do well in spring training if they're fighting for a job, but just from a fan's perspective and for the betterment of the team, you obviously would rather do better when it actually counts rather than when it doesn't. But yeah, as much as I just would rather an infielder play the infield and not play in a place where they really have little to no experience in, I guess if I had to choose gun to my head sort of situation, who I'd rather be in the outfield between like Waldo and Hicks, I'm going with Oswaldo. I mean, I want nothing to do with Hicks. I don't know how clear I have to make that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can agree with that. I can. At NYY Sports Fan 96 says, I think they'll stick with what they have if they can't find a trade for a left fielder yet. I don't think any team wants Hicks, so I expect Hicks to stay. And yeah, that's a factor too. Listen, if you can't dump somebody, then you can't dump them. I at least hope in potential talks with other teams if the Yankees were in fact trying to dump Donaldson and or Hicks that they at least offered to eat a chunk of the contract I mean I know they don't want to go over a certain threshold I'm aware of that but you know you have to realistically eat a chunk of them because nobody's going to want them especially if you don't eat any money because they're not worth anything they stink especially Aaron Hicks 
because at least Donaldson has it in him saying, oh, in 2021 and years prior to that, he was still solid. 2022 was really the first sign that his bat diminished and he still had some defensive capabilities. You could at least say that about him. But you got nothing to support Hicks. You got nothing. Nothing. So you have to at least eat some of the money. With Donaldson, you probably still have to eat some of the money, if not most of it. But even more so with Hicks, what value does Hicks have for anybody? And that's why it's so annoying to hear Cashman and other people within the organization just going so in on Hicks and being so in detail about, going so in-depth about how much they believe in him with no evidence. I know, again, I know that's what they have to say, but they could leave it more vague, saying, oh, he could possibly make a play for it, but we have other candidates, so we'll see what happens. You don't got to be like, oh yeah, he'll be the likely one to be this, and he has the skill, and he has the talent, and we've seen it for him to make a true impact. Where have you seen it? Where? Where? Anyway, at Yankee Ken says, I think so, but they have to move money first. Might have to wait until spring training. Uh, Maybe. Maybe they will wait until then, or maybe even closer to the regular season. Who knows? It depends. Who knows? At Peace Now for Life, my friend Rebecca says, Since spring training is getting closer, I think the Yankees will stick with what they have at this point to start the season and maybe reevaluate at the trade deadline. For now, I think it'll be a platoon of Hicks and Cabrera. That's probably what it's going to be. I hope spring training could just make it seem like the smartest choice is just full-time Cabrera and... If you're forced to go with Hicks at all, just only when you absolutely have to. Otherwise, just no. No. Because I legit just can't even stomach the thought of Hicks even getting one more look. I just can't. (laughs) I can't do it. This makes me crazy. At Blockhead for real. That's my guy. My favorite Twitter friendly troll. (laughs) He says, I feel like they're likely going to bring Gardner back. (laughs) Dude, I think I'd actually pass away. <laughs> no disrespect to Gardner. I respect his longevity with the Yankees and his loyalty and even his gameplay at times. See, listen, he came in in the clutch a lot. But, uh, yeah, I know this is a joke, but still, I would genuinely pass away, I think. I think I would. I think it's safe to say. <laughs> at underscore hitman23 underscore says, My gut tells me they won't, but Cashman may surprise us. He might. Again, they've had the tendency to do that in the past. They said it with Voight. They said it with Gio. He'll be at third, and Gio will be at third, and Voight's our first baseman. He's our guy. And then, boop, out of nowhere. Complete other direction. Who knows? At Buck Faustin 34 <laughs> I love people that do that. It's just funny to me for some reason. Says, I sincerely hope the starting left fielder is not on the roster right now. Well, who knows? Maybe like the guy before you. Maybe uh, they'll surprise you. Who knows? At Mountain Gal 456, my good pal Tina, she says, It's going to be tough unloading Hicks. Who will take him? His offensive contributions have deteriorated, and his defense has as well. I think we'll see more of Cabrera outfield than Hicks. Anything could happen, but I think we may be stuck with Hicks due to the reasons I mentioned. Well, yeah, that and... Also, his contract, even though it's not an ungodly amount of money because his AAV is only $10 million a year, I think. But, uh, you know, it's not as outrageous as a lot of other guys like Josh Donaldson. But it's still tough, especially if you don't eat any of that money on his contract. That's also another reason for sure. 
But you're also right, Tina. Like I said, there's really no desirable aspect of Aaron Hicks anymore. And that's why it's just insulting when Cashman goes that in-depth on why he thinks he still has the talent and wherewithal to be the guy in the outfield, in left field, and really contribute. With what evidence? He contributes nothing with the bat instead of a big home run every once in a blue moon whenever the planets happen to align perfectly. And his defense, you want to tell me that you're ready to see more of him just effortlessly trotting over to balls into the corner and just lobbing them in, not giving full effort, even in a big spot? You're ready to see more of that? It might not happen, Mike. How many times did it happen? And it still wasn't enough for you? Come on. Don't let Cashman brainwash you into thinking that this guy could actually do something major for a prolonged period of time for this team. That ship has long sailed, guys. I'm very confident in saying this. Could I be wrong? Sure. Do I think I'm going to be wrong? I really don't. I really, really don't. I have almost never been more confident in my time as a baseball fan in commenting on a player in the way that I have with Aaron Hicks. I have never been more confident. I don't think I have been. I am damn confident in saying that the Yankees are complete fools for even giving Aaron Hicks just one more look in the outfield. Even one in a game that counts. But you're right, Tina. Defense. Offense. Even his attitude. What is desirable from a player's standpoint with Aaron Hicks? Tell me, someone who is somehow managing to convince themselves that this guy is going to turn things around. I can't wait to hear your reasoning. And the evidence. I know you don't need evidence for everything. Sometimes things do happen against all odds. Not saying you need evidence for everything. But it certainly helps to support your claim. (laughs) And I do think and definitely hope that if it comes down to the two of them, yeah, that we get more Cabrera than Hicks. Even though, again, I'd rather see an infielder play in the infield. But whatever. Next up, we've got Spencer, my good friend at Musician DMD. And again... (laughs) I mentioned you in the beginning, my friend, because I know that while I was talking about countdowns, you were probably cringing all over the place saying, Mike, stop with the countdowns. (laughs) I hope this is an exception, though, because we are getting very close. I'm not counting from 200 days beforehand. I'm counting within a month, less than a month away. So I hope that's okay, because there's not that much more time left to kill. Definitely not like those people saying, oh, yeah, there's 173 days left until spring training. No. That is not me. But anyway, Spencer's reply. I absolutely believe that the Yankees will be proactive when an opportunity arises to acquire a player that will serve as an upgrade in left field. It's a question of when. Now, I don't wish for this to happen, but Hicks's injury propensity could lead to a change in left field too. Yeah, that's what a lot of people seem to also be forgetting. I mean, yeah, they definitely are right when they mention how his offense and defense are both non-existent for the most part. But need I remind everybody of his injury troubles too? I didn't think I had to, but I guess I do. There is nothing desirable about this guy as a player. Nothing. 
brings nothing to the table. You could spend as long as you want trying to convince me otherwise. You're just not going to. It'd be a waste of time. And justifiably a waste of time. Because as of right now, on this day in 2023, there really is no evidence to support that claim. Nothing. Not even a valid thought. You're entitled to your opinion, of, of course, but in this case, at least until the season starts, when you want to talk about Aaron Hicks's past, if you want to bring up positives, you're just factually incorrect. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. So you think it's a matter of when, Spencer, so you do think it very well could happen. I'm not shunning that possibility either. I'm not shunning it. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It could very well happen. As I've said, the Yankees said they're going to go down a certain direction. They do the opposite. It's happened plenty of times. So I cannot blame you for feeling that way. And I appreciate the optimism that if they do make a move, that hopefully it will also be as an upgrade. Because it's also entirely possible that they make a move. And it's just another Aaron Hicks. In which case, it's really not worth it, especially if you have to trade guys away as well. Obviously, also depending on who's in the trade, in the trade package. But yeah, the injury could definitely play a part too, man. Nobody should be confident in Aaron Hicks when it comes to injury history. His is about as bad as it gets. All right, let's finish off with our usual final two. First up is my girlfriend, Vic Salimo, at Vic Salimo. And she says, I feel that they more than likely will stick with what they've already got. Although, I really wanted them to acquire a better left fielder. At least we're getting closer to the start of the season. Hell yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Even though I do have my Yankee doubts and I have my positive outlooks on the team as well to balance it all out. I more than anything, as I said at the very start, am just amped that baseball is around the corner. I wish nothing but the best for my guys, of course. Always want the Yankees to succeed, even if I do have my negative views on certain aspects of the team or just certain players. Doesn't matter. The excitement for the season coming is always there. Always, no matter what. I just want baseball back on my TV, even if it gives me agita at times. I don't care. I want it back on my TV. That's the deal. So I can definitely get on board with that last part. And also the part of acquiring a better left fielder. But of the people already out there still now, I'm not sure many of them, if any of them, would really be a significant upgrade, to be honest. So, But we'll see what they do. We'll see. Last but not least is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. And she says, hi, Mike. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Nice to hear your show this week. It's hard to say with the Yankees because I feel at the last minute something could change as it has in the past. Do I feel that Cashman will keep it without changing for the better? Yes, because at times you can't expect him to be smart and do something positive. Sarcasm aside, I wish the new advisors would scream into his ear about certain things. Isn't that what they're here for? Anyways, we shall see. Well, yeah, that could already be happening behind the scenes for all we know. Who the hell knows? Maybe there were certain trades that have already almost happened that we don't know about that maybe they talked him out of, or maybe there'll be trades that do happen that they play a big part in. Who knows? We don't know really unless we're in on the inside. What's going on day by day? We don't know. And I don't like to pretend to know because I don't like lying to people. But I definitely understand sarcasm or not, not having much faith in Cashman nowadays. I can certainly understand that. I'm not going to crap on that because uh, what's happened with the organization of late and its results, 
speak for itself, especially in the playoffs. So, but yeah, anything can change. Who knows? You're absolutely right. And that's the mentality you have to keep, especially if you're like me and still cannot really come to terms with the fact that we could still very well see Aaron Hicks and or Donaldson out there on the field in games that count. But also, try not to make it get you too crazy because there's also a chance that we might not. You never know until it really happens. Because the Yankees, and especially Cashman himself, as we know, like to operate in silence. Things usually happen pretty quietly. And then you just get hit with it out of nowhere. It's usually how it happens. So we shall wait and see for that. But as for now, guys, otherwise, that is all for episode 170 of Yapping Yankees. Last episode of January here in 2023, I hope you guys did enjoy, and as always, of course, I thank each and every one of you who took the time to interact with the show in the social media segment, or if you're just here listening along, that also means a ton to me, whether you're here listening to five minutes, ten minutes, a half hour, an hour, the entire show, just know that I appreciate the hell out of you regardless. But before I go, I want to give you some quick reminders. As always, please be sure to follow me on all socials if you don't, guys. My Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. My Twitter is at Mike Scudero. And my Instagram is at Mike Scuds97. Be sure to also subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms that it is available on. It is available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love across all of them like you all usually always do a great job at doing. And if you have the time and you've missed any past Yapping Yankees episodes that you'd like to catch up on, well, on YouTube, episodes 34 all the way up to episode 170 today are available. Just go to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel if you're not already there listening right now. And all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, going all the way back to episode 1, they're all available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. But otherwise, once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. As always, my friends, I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you likely in two Sundays when I come at you with episode 171 of Yapping Yankees on February the 12th. As I said, unless something big happens this coming week, in which case I'll be back at you next Sunday to talk about it, but otherwise I'll be back at you on the 12th, at which point pitchers and catchers will only be four days away from reporting to camp, and the first spring training game will only be 13 days away. Less than two weeks from having baseball, even if it doesn't count, back on our televisions Nearly every day, because not every spring training game is televised, but almost every day, and then of course when the regular season comes around, it'll be every day, we'll have baseball back on our TVs, people. And that is obviously what many of us are craving, as we do all throughout the winter. But otherwise, as always, my good people, whether it be next week, if something big happens this coming week, or in two weeks on the 12th, until I talk to you guys again, be sure to hang in there. Be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, go ahead and kick life's ass until we meet again. Keep those eyes and ears peeled for some more baseball moves for whatever is left of the offseason, 
and let us continue our countdown until our beloved sport of baseball returns. But for now, I'm out of here, my friends. Take care.